Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. So this morning, I'll start with a question for you. Uh, What's your name? What's your name? Uh, That may be one of the most asked questions in the world. Uh, Perhaps one of the most answered. Let me give you uh, a few thoughts. That's the question you might ask someone or you might be asked when you meet a new person. Eventually, you want to know who they are. What's your name? Uh, It's probably a question you've had to fill out, I don't know how many times, on forms. Uh, Whether you're trying to apply for something or trying to sign up for something, uh, you always got to put your name up there. Uh, You know, your name is important. It's who you are. It identifies you uh, in this world. And over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about the names given to Jesus Christ in the prophecy found uh, in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Uh, And the first name given to Jesus is Wonderful. Wonderful. That's the title. It's a title. It's a name given to him. And it's wonderful. Now, the word wonderful, uh, it's, uh, here's a few meanings of it. It means something more than common. A word that comes to mind is marvelous. Uh, is a synonym of wonderful. Also, wonderful means something above the ordinary. Something extraordinary. It also means something in a class by itself. Something wonderful is in a class by itself. And that would make it special, maybe even unique. Well, this morning, think of Jesus Christ in those terms. The Bible says he's wonderful. And a class by himself. Extraordinary. Marvelous. Above everyone else. You know, in this world, there are many wonders that you could go and see. Uh, The oceans. Large. Amazing. The mountains. You go visit the mountains. Uh, Think of some of the parks that are out there. Niagara Falls. Yellowstone Park. The Grand Canyon. Maybe some others you can think of that you visited that you just say, well, it's beautiful. Uh, almost awe-inspiring in some cases. Uh, people talk about the seven wonders of the ancient world. Uh, the pyramids in Egypt, the hanging gardens of Babylon, and a few other places that are, are considered ideal. Uh, and there are a lot of things that we would, some would categorize as wonderful. Uh, each year, companies develop products that, according to their advertising, it's wonderful. And you better get it. You can't live without it. Uh, and so that's how they advertise it, that it's wonderful. Uh, and today, some of our luxuries that we enjoy... Uh, the people that lived a few hundred years ago, they may be wonderful. I uh, think of air condition, uh, electricity, the ability to harness electricity. You know, uh, to us, it may be something that we take for granted, but to people who lived years past without this, it may be something that is wonderful. Wonderful, marvelous, extraordinary, unique, special. Today, I hope to show you how wonderful Jesus Christ is. I want to show you how wonderful He is. And I hope and pray that if you know Him as your Savior, that you'll rejoice that you have a wonderful Savior. If you don't, I hope today that this will be a a time you'll consider and you'll receive Christ as your Savior because He is wonderful. So let's get into this this morning. It's in Isaiah chapter 9. I'll read it again. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. It says here, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Wonderful. So what I'd like to do over the next few minutes is develop this word wonderful this title and show you from the scriptures we're going to have many scriptures so if you're taking notes i'll give them to you if you're turning uh, i don't know how uh, fast i'll go to some of these uh, may not 
go too slow, but uh, you can take notes. Uh, I'm going to turn to many scripture passages, or refer to many today, because I'd like to show you from the scriptures that Jesus Christ is wonderful, that he's wonderful. So let's uh, start here uh, this morning, and we'll talk about a wonderful Savior uh, for a wounded world. A wonderful Savior for a wounded world. And the reason why I titled this this way is because uh, he is wonderful, and we need him. Our world needs him. Some don't know they need him, but they do. Because there's a lot of hurt in this world due to sin. Once sin has come into the world, we've had problems. And sin has hurt this world. It hurts people today. But Christ is the answer to that. And he's a wonderful answer. So let's look at this. Uh, We're going to talk about his wonderful character for a few minutes. His wonderful conduct. He backed up his character with his conduct. And then finally, uh, this is probably where we find the most practical, his compassion. How wonderful he is towards us, towards Men and women towards people in general. So let's begin with the wonderful character of Jesus Christ. Beginning with his birth. What a wonderful moment, the birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, If you have your Bibles, let's go over to the book of Matthew chapter 1. I'll just read a few verses in Matthew chapter 1 this morning. Matthew chapter 1. And as you're heading that direction, I want to begin here in a moment in verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. And as you're going there, let me give you some things to think about. Uh, A few thousand years ago, uh, the Roman Empire ruled the world. They were the the mighty power. They ruled the world. Israel was one of their subjects. They were, had some, uh, I guess you would say, a little bit of freedom, but they were underneath the power of the Roman Empire. Uh, Greece was on the decline, but they were still the Consider the cultural place of the world. And as far as if you would go farther east, the Persian Empire had, had crumbled. And there were still a lot of areas uh, settling, uh, trying to, to gain control, trying to gain power. If you'd go west from Israel, you'd run into eventually the Americas, where during that time the Americas were just a lowly populated wilderness. And that's the world that Christ entered into. And let's look here in Matthew chapter 1. It says, verse 18, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, Thy wife, for that which is conceived of her in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Isn't that wonderful? He shall save his people from their sins. From the very beginning, we find he is a Savior. And that's wonderful. That's a wonderful thought. So, we find a wonderful birth. You know, the, the entire event was miraculous. The Bible tells us, we've read there, that he was conceived by the Spirit and born of a virgin. And we find that the Son of God took on the form of a man. Uh, The divine and the human met together in Jesus Christ. He took on the form of a man. And his birth is wonderful. Nothing else compares to it. You'll, You'll not find anything that compares to the birth of Jesus Christ. Think of a few things that we find in the Scriptures. A star shone above his birthplace. Brightly above his birthplace. Angels in heaven sang when Christ was born. Now the world may not have recognized who was born that day, but the heavens did. Can you imagine hearing a heavenly choir singing? That's what the shepherds were privileged to hear that night. And they sang at his birth. And then the shepherds themselves hurried to see the newborn babe. And then they spread the news all about of who they found. Eventually the wise men arrived. 
traveling to bring gifts to Jesus Christ. You see, it was a wonderful event. All of it was wonderful. And so this year, Christmas time, keep that in mind. Christ is wonderful, and just coming into the world is, is a wonderful event. But secondly, he's also a wonderful being. What I mean by this is he himself is wonderful. Uh, the first thought I have is how about humility? We could use a dose of humility in our world today. There's enough pride in our world. Everyone's, not everyone, but people are filled with pride. Look at me. Look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. Uh, it seems everyone's trying to find their 15 seconds of fame, uh, even if it's just for doing something foolish. They want to get online. They want everyone to see him. And, and so we have a lot of pride, a lot of selfishness. Christ was the opposite of this. He lived a life of humility. Just think of his birth, born in a stable, in a small, unknown village, not a palace in a city that was prominent, but a small village. And also, he was reared in the home of a common family. Uh, his earthly father his, was Joseph, was a, a carpenter, common job. You see, humility. And, and as far as his life, he had limited travel. He never left Israel. Never left the place that he was born in as far as the country uh, as when he was here on earth. And when you look at it, he didn't have a whole lot of friends. He had some close ones. But even then, when he got into trouble, what happened? They split and they left. So you couldn't say he had anyone that would stick with him on earth. Uh, and so he had a very, a very humble life and a very humble ministry. He, he didn't go out and purchase land and, and, and homes. and He didn't live for this world. It was a very humble life before the world. He didn't seek popularity. He didn't seek praise of people. He was there to do the work of God the Father. And it was also a selfless life. There was no hint of selfishness in his life. Uh, he lived for others and he did the will of God the Father. We're studying the book of John in our Sunday school class. Throughout that entire book, the underlying theme is God, uh, is Christ doing the will of God the Father. And on many occasions, he went out of his way to help others. We read in the Bible that he healed people on into the night. That alone, to me, is a miracle. Because I'm grumpy once it hits 9 o'clock. I mean, I'm ready for bed. I'm not a night person. People kept coming. He kept healing. On a night, and the next day, he got up early and prayed. He cared for people, as we'll talk about more here in a moment. But he, he, he was selfless. In the garden, he prayed for his followers. A few hours later on the cross, he prayed for his enemies. Isn't that something? That's Christ. He's wonderful. I can't even imagine that. But that's what he did. And the Bible tells us, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. Look what Peter has to say. And Peter lived with him. For three years, Peter witnessed his ministry, uh, good times, difficult times. And notice what Peter has to say about Christ. And this is in 1 Peter chapter 2 concerning his character. 1 Peter chapter 2. And I'll begin reading verse 21. It says, For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, that you should follow his steps. So we're to follow Christ. He says here, verse 22, He did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Now that word guile means deception. So in other words, Peter says, you know, he was perfect. He did nothing wrong. And there was not even a hint of deception in Jesus Christ. That's the kind of person we're talking about. A perfect being. Wonderful. That's what he is. He's wonderful. And this morning, that wonderful Savior came to earth for you. He lived a, a sinless life so he could lay it down on the cross so you could be saved. And, and you think about Jesus Christ, 
how wonderful he is. When, when it came down to it, you know when they tried to bring the charges against him? When you read the Gospels, these are the only ones that, that, that could actually stick. There were three. He was guilty of claiming God as his father. He was guilty of receiving sinners and eating with them. And then he was guilty of healing someone on the Sabbath. Those were the charges that stuck with him. That was it. In the wonderful charges, if, God, if people could say something about us, that's the only thing they could dig up in your life. You see, they could not find anything wrong. He was wonderful. He was perfect. You know, this morning I think of this. You know, people get excited when a celebrity joins. Quote, unquote, the common folk, they call it. You know, a celebrity comes into town or someone famous shows up and has dinner or, or some special event and people get excited. It should thrill our hearts that the Son of God walked this earth. There's nobody better. There's nobody greater. And He walked this earth. And what's even better is you can know Him personally. You can know Him as your Savior. You can know Him as your God, your, your friend, your God. You can know Him. I hope and pray you do. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a promise given in the Scriptures. You see, Jesus Christ stands above all others. And He is wonderful. Here, here's the next one. Let's talk about His wonderful conduct. Uh, like I said this morning, I'm going to go to several places so we can develop this and, and really see who He is to us. Wonderful conduct. Uh, I just have two thoughts. His words and His works. Because that's what it comes down to. His words and His works. That's what it comes down to today. If someone's going to talk about you or your conduct, it's going to be what you say and what you do. Do your words match your works? Do they back it up? Are they consistent? And what are they? Well, let's consider his words for a moment. As far as words, you know, words are revealing. Someone put it this way once. Words will display a person. If you listen long enough, you can figure out what someone likes, what someone enjoys. You can even kind of pick up on the type of person they are by the words that they use. Uh, you know, some will use words, I guess, that will glorify God. And others may use words that don't glorify God. We just leave it at that. But you think of the words of Christ. His words, not only were they powerful, they surprised people. Let me read some scriptures to you. I'm not turning there, so I'll just read them here. Matthew 7, verses 28 and 29. If you're taking notes, I'm going to read Matthew 7, 28 and 29. It says, And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished. They, said, they were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So they listened to him teach, and after he was done teaching, they were just amazed, astonished at what he taught. Because he taught with authority. Even though he hadn't been educated in their schools, he had some authority to his words. And there was truth there. And then we find in that same book, a few chapters over, Matthew chapter 13, verse 54 says, And when he was coming to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? They listened to him teach, and there was wisdom behind his words. Uh, I believe with my whole heart that Jesus Christ is perfect. I believe he never made a mistake. And that includes when he taught. And let me tell you something. I can go back and listen to my messages. And there's some I delete. I don't want to listen to that one again. I made some, Not that I was completely off in error, but I tell you, what, there's points where I made mistakes, did, said something that, that was either... Stuttered through it, couldn't get through it clearly, didn't have the right words. Christ never made those mistakes. And not only did he never make those mistakes as far as delivering the message, but all of his words were correct. What a powerful teacher he must have been. What a powerful preacher just to sit and listen to what he had to say. That astonished the people. 
They were just amazed. Now, you'll also notice when you read through the Gospels, there was no entertainment involved. He, he didn't need to use the entertainment of the world to grab the attention of the people. That's because he had truth, and he delivered truth. And he's the Son of God, and he preached the Word. And the Bible tells us that they were astonished. And you know, his, his teachings were enlightening, and they were inspiring. Uh, simply put, I think they were amazing, is what we find, the teachings of Jesus Christ. Even those that, that were sent to arrest him, later they said, never hath a man spake like this man. They couldn't believe the words that he was speaking. Wonderful. Now, here's why I think they were wonderful. I believe his words were refreshing, and they still are refreshing today. Uh, have you ever watched something that just depressed you? Uh, and it may not have been something bad. I mean, I can watch the news and get depressed sometimes. Just negative here, negative there, negative. We don't find that with Christ. You know, John chapter 3 tells us he didn't come in the world to condemn the world. The world's already condemned. He came to save sinners. You see, he understands where we are. He knows and he was sent to save sinners. And so he brought refreshing words with them. And let me give you a few examples. John chapter 10, verse 10 says, here's the words of Christ. He says, I am come that they might have life. They might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Doesn't that sound good? I like life. I enjoy life. I enjoy life here on earth. And you know, the Bible tells us not only can Christ give us life, but He can give us an abundant life. You know what that means? That means He can give us a life that is pleasing, enjoyable. We can be satisfied, find peace, contentment, be encouraged, be strengthened. That's what Christ can give. That's when Christ can give you that type of life. See, that's the teachings He had. That's what He shared with the people. You know, that sounds nice in a world today where there's all sorts of problems, all sorts of concerns, all sorts of things happening, all sorts of negativity isn't it nice to hear that we can have an abundant life? That there's someone who can give us life? Obviously, eternal life, spiritual life. But just an abundant life. A life that we can enjoy today. You know, I think God wants us to enjoy living for Him. Oh, there's going to be trials, there's going to be troubles. But He wants us to enjoy glorifying Him and praising His name. Also, it says here, and we find in John chapter 11, verse 25, uh, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. You know, one of our greatest enemies, probably perhaps the greatest enemy to mankind, is death. Can't avoid it. It's right there. As we age, it's something that we all know is a possibility. But you know, the Bible says that we can have life. They say, Pastor, how can you have life and death at the same time? Well, he's talking about eternal life. You see, the Bible teaches we're here. Yeah, we're here momentarily. You know why people die? Because of sin. Now, I'm not saying each one's going to make a mistake and die because of your sin. But the general principle, the teaching of the Bible is once Adam sinned, sin came into the world, and death by sin. That's why we have illness and disease and sicknesses. That's why people take other people's lives in terrible fashions. That's why things happen that are, are cruel. Because sin has entered in. There's sin in this world. And so death is now there. Well, Christ came down. And you know what? Uh, I remember when I was growing up, I used to think, man, why didn't he just save, give us life so we could live here on earth? And the, and the older I get, I thought, man, I wouldn't want to live here forever anyway. 
It's terrible, this world of sin. He saved us so we can live eternally. And then, of course, he's going to give us a new world, a new earth in the future. But he saved us for an eternal life where he's going to give each of those a glorified body. Every time I think of that, I, I praise the Lord. And we're aches and pains. But you see, that's the future. That's what God has given. That, that's the teachings of Christ. He says, you come unto me and you shall be saved. Come unto me and you can have life. So what we find is his teachings provide hope. They provide help to a world that needs some hope and a world that needs help. You know, this Christmas season, you can be an encouragement to somebody just by sharing Christ with them. You may know someone that's going through a difficult time. If they're saved, you can encourage them in the Lord. Say, well, hang in there. God saved you. He's going to take care of you. If they're lost, you can share with them. Hey, you know, I know someone who has the answers. I don't have the answers, but someone can help you. And here, let me share Christ with you and get an opportunity to share Christ with someone this Christmas season. So those are his wonderful words. How about his works? His wonderful works. You know, the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ's three-year ministry was packed I mean, it was packed with ministries or or miracles and great works. Uh, There were more wonderful works accomplished in that three-year span than the rest of human history. You look back in the Old Testament, there were miracles. But you look in that three-year span, that ministry, miracles by Christ. Just the ones that were recorded. Some estimate we have over 30 of them recorded. And John says there were so many, he couldn't record them all. That ministry of Jesus Christ were filled with miracles. No wonder people flocked to Israel during that Passover season. No wonder the place was packed. No wonder the Bible tells us that the Greeks, those that weren't Jews, were even coming down now to seek Christ. Why? Because of His works. His mighty works. They were, the news was getting out. There's an amazing man here doing amazing things. And he's wonderful. You know, the Bible tells us in John 21, verse 25, here's what he says, And there are also many other things which Jesus did, that which if they should be written, everyone, I suppose, that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. So many great deeds he did. So many miracles. So many people he helped and he healed. Think of this. Three years of healing the sick. Three years of giving the blind sight. Three years of allowing the deaf to hear and causing the lame to walk. On several occasions, I mentioned before, on several occasions, he healed on into the night. After the sun was set, people kept coming and bringing those to him to be healed. One of the interesting things we find in the scriptures is he never turned anyone down. He never turned anyone down who was looking to be healed. He didn't. Now those who didn't want to be healed, that was their choice. But if they came to Christ, he healed them, he helped them. You know, think of this. Just one of those miracles. Could you imagine? Just one of those miracles. Think of anyone you want to think of from the scriptures. Just one of those would stun our generation. Would it not? I'll tell you what. I think of the miracle of Lazarus. If I did a funeral ceremony, and three days later or four days later, someone said, you know what, that person's alive? I'd say, no, you've you got to be kidding me. You know, that's a joke. And then I saw that person walking down the street and come up and talk to me. They'd have to pick me up off the ground. And after I came to again, I'd say, man, what happened? It would just stun me. It stunned a generation. You think of the miracles he did, just one would shock us. Yet he did many over and over again, filled with miracles. The late Charles Spurgeon, pastor in England for many years, uh, he said this one time. He said, If a doctor had a 90% success rate, they would be considered wonderful. 
I would agree with that, even today. If you had a doctor who had a 90% success rate, in other words, 90% of the people who went to him were healed. Uh, People would be lining up to go to that doctor. And this is not saying anything bad about our doctors today. I think we have excellent doctors for the most part and nurses who work and, and do their best. Folks, this is telling us how wonderful Christ is. Because you know what? He had a 100% success rate. Not 90%, not 95%, not 99.99999, but 100% success rate. When people came to him to get healed, they were healed. His works were amazing. And today, I can tell you this, he still heals the wounded. He still heals the wounded. And let me give you two examples. How, How about those that have sin in their life? Sin. You know, sin destroys. And perhaps there's one here who has sin that's never been forgiven. You've never accepted Christ as your Savior. You're holding on to that. Uh, maybe it's pride. Maybe it's just stubbornness. Maybe you just haven't thought about it too much. Whatever the case may be. But that sin is there. And that sin is keeping you from God. Uh, it's wounded you. It's hurt you for life. That needs to be forgiven. Bible teaches, and we find that in Romans chapter 10. Let's turn over there. Let's turn and look at this. Romans chapter 10 this morning. And let's see what the passage has to say concerning salvation and sin and coming to God here in Romans chapter 10. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 9 of Romans chapter 10. He says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You say, saved, saved from what? Saved from your sin. Saved from sin. Saved by Christ and saved to a new life, eternal life. That's why he was sent. To give everlasting life. And so what we find is Jesus Christ heals the wounded. He forgives sin. And he gives a new life. But you know what he also does? You know, after we're saved, we can make some mistakes. And we can struggle in life. He continues to heal the wounded. If you sin, he can heal you. 1 John 1.9, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you sin. And cleanse you from all unrighteousness. In other words, if you make a mistake, now that's not there so we can go make mistakes. That's there when we do make a mistake. God will forgive you. You can seek His forgiveness. He'll forgive you. He'll heal you. But He also, think of other ways. God provides comfort. If you ever hurting, He can comfort your soul. If you need wisdom, He can provide the wisdom. You see, He can provide what's needed today for your life and for your heart and for your soul. See, He still heals the wounded. And God can still heal hearts this morning and I hope pray He saved your soul. And if not, that's something you can get settled uh, today. And when you think of it, that makes Him so wonderful. And that leads me to my third one here this morning and that's His compassion. His compassion. I have two thoughts here. First, His power. We've been talking about His miracles a bit. Without a doubt, He was mighty. Think of the works He did. You know what's interesting? You read through the Scriptures... And his works really were never called into question. You know why? It's hard to call into question him healing a lame man when the lame man's walking around. It's hard to call into question him healing a blind man when the blind man says, Hey, I can see. So his works were not called into question. What they questioned was who sent him. They questioned his authority. But his works were evident. Jesus Christ had power. And so as far as his compassion, here's just two quick thoughts to wrap it up. His power. 
You know, when we think of world conquerors, you know what you think of? You think of oppression and power. Right? World conquerors, they have power to, to, to conquer, but then what they do is they oppress the people. Not Jesus Christ. Think of what he did with his power. He didn't oppress people. He didn't oppress anybody. He helped people with his power and with his might. He healed people. He harmed nobody. Actually, he set people free from sin. He set us free so we can live unto God. Uh, Set us free from the penalty of sin, the pain of sin, suffering. And even set people free from the power of sin, bondage. You know, once you're saved, you have the power to live above sin. Christ has given you the power. The Spirit dwells within you. He sent the Spirit. So it dwells within you. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And He can give us the power to live above sin. You see, He has set you free. And that's what He does. He doesn't oppress. He sets people free. And that's the difference between Christ and really worldly governments, worldly leaders who seek to rule people. Folks, He seeks to save people. And He still saves souls. And then the second one is, think of His purpose. Think of his purpose. And this is where the compassion really sets in. You know, he was sent on a mission. I believe Jesus Christ is the greatest missionary the world has ever seen. You know, we talk about missionaries today. Praise God for missionaries. Those who take the gospel out to the lost. But Jesus Christ is the greatest missionary. Greatest example. He was sent from heaven down to earth to provide salvation for sinners. And he came and he carried out his task. You know, at Christmas time, you think of that baby in a manger. That babe in a manger was destined for a difficult life. Was destined for a humiliating and painful death. And he knew it. Yet he never shirked or never turned away. He went forward to die for us. You see, that was his purpose. He was determined to pay the price for sin. And every day we should thank God for that. Thank God every day that Christ went to the cross. Thank God he didn't turn away from the task. Thank God you can be saved. Thank God for his salvation. You know, in closing this morning, Jesus Christ, uh, here's why he's wonderful to me. Here's the closing thought. He's a personal Savior. A personal Savior. Not just a general Savior. Not just generally speaking. But a personal Savior. Here's an illustration I'll give to close this. It's like going to a museum. Have you ever been to a museum? I enjoy going to museums. You go to a museum and see something wonderful there. Maybe a painting or a picture, a sculpture, some sort of exhibit. And it's impressive. It might impress you. But when you think about it, is it really real to you? I mean, it might be real where you can touch it. Well, maybe not touch it. They won't allow you to get past a certain point. But it may be real as far as something real there. But is it necessarily real to you? Not necessarily. You know, you can read about Jesus Christ. You can hear messages preached about Christ. You can be taught lessons about Christ. You can even be impressed with Christ. But until you accept Him as your Savior, it's like going to a museum and just looking. It's not real to you. But once you receive Him into your heart, then He's real. He's a real Savior. He becomes real to you. He becomes your Savior. He becomes your guide. He becomes your mediator to God the Father. He becomes your comfort. He becomes your strength. You see, He's your wisdom. He's yours. You belong to Him. And that's how Jesus is worth. To me, that's how He's wonderful. You know, I read uh, recently, someone made this comment, said that the difference between Christianity and the rest of the 
world religions is all the other world religions, the gods that they have created, stay above them and separate from them. But in Christianity, God has chosen to come to us and live with us and guide us and direct us. And that's the difference. You see, Christ is real and he'll be real to you. That's why he's wonderful. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.